Hello, everybody. Today, I'm very excited to announce my guest. He's an eight-year NFL veteran, an Emmy Award winner, and a grill master for his own brand, Grilling with McMillan. Mr. Mark McMillan, how are we doing today, brother? Oh, man, I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on. I know we've been going back and forth through Instagram for a while, so it's finally good that we're able to uh, link up and catch up. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm very excited to have you on the show. Um, so first and foremost, we got to rep the hometown. So tell us a little bit about your hometown and what makes it so unique. Uh, well, I, I grew up in California, you know, L.A. And, uh, you know, in the mean streets of South Central. Uh, growing up, I have, uh, you know, it's five of us. I have two older sisters, Beverly and Trina. I have an older brother, Raymond, and a younger brother, Reggie. Uh, so, you know, we, we grew up in a, in a household that was surrounded by loving grandparents and uh, a loving mom, uh, you know, who continuously, uh, you know, follows my footsteps and, and always encourages me. Uh, you know, my mom's late in her 70s and she's still she's still spunky, man. She's got the juice. Uh, so, you know, she she encourages me every day, man. When you think like, man, it's, I really don't feel like doing it. But then you get a call from your mom who's been there, done that. And she's out shopping or walking around the block. It's like, man, you know, I, I, I can't sit here and just, uh, you know, lay around and do anything. So, man, my, my family and uh, close friends and teammates, man, are a big inspiration to me. And obviously my faith in God and uh, having Randall Cunningham and, and Byron Evans, who I played with in Philadelphia, uh, be some of my big brothers and mentors, man, helps me through a lot of things as well. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely a great support system to have. There's no better support system than your family and close friends, for sure. Um, so, you know, you're rocking that Alabama shirt. So you got to tell us about your <laughs> recruiting process out of high school and how you ended up at Bama. Uh, it, it was it was crazy, man. Uh, a lot of people really don't know. I only played one year of uh, high school football, uh, my senior year you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, I was just a guy in the stands, you know, cheering on my guys. And, uh, you know, I was small and it's like, man, there's no way I can get out there with those guys. Those guys are huge. And, you know, my, my senior year, my mom was like, hey, you know, you've always talked about how good you are. And, you know, you talk about dreams of playing in the National Football League growing up in the playing rough touch football in the front yard with my brothers and my homeboys. And, you know, I just went out for the team. And uh, I think it was probably week four or five, I was just, you know, a special teams guy, just happened to be out there. And the guy that was in front of me uh, ended up going down with a torn, uh, torn ACL. And, you know, he was probably going to be one of the top, you know, 200 guys in the nation. Um, the other guy on the other side was Deion Lambert, uh, who ended up going to UCLA on the full ride and ended up playing the National Football League as well. So both of those guys were really good athletes. And I was just out there just with a jerry curl, just trying to make it, man. And, you know, I got an opportunity to play in like five or six games and uh, it didn't pan out to be a scholarship. You know, I knew I wasn't going to get a scholarship just playing a few games, but, you know, I was a track guy and, you know, I ended up running track as well, winning the city, uh, breaking the school record in the 100 and the 200 at uh, Kennedy High School in California and uh, went on to junior college, uh, Glendale Junior College. Uh, went there, was uh, a rough road at, at first, you know, um, I came in, I think it's probably like five, seven, a hundred and maybe 35 pounds. And, you know, they were ranked, I think like number three in the nation. We had a really good program. Coach Torres and coach John Secuto um, was the head coaches there. Speaking of John Secuto, he was actually roommates with uh, Andy Reid oh, uh, in college. So man, we it, it's, it's, it's great to see Andy in the big game. I know we'll probably talk about that, but uh, just going there for two years and um, you know, just grind it, man. Juco is, is, is a grind, man. It's, you know, I always send out, you know, messages on, on social media. These kids get hyped. They get like 30 or 40 offers. And, and now you see the transfer portal. 
uh, kids are transferring like it's like it's hotcakes. It's almost, you know, same thing in the National Football League. And, you know, I just took the rough road, man, and said, hey, you know, if I'm going to make it, you know, I got to hone my craft and humble myself and and be ready for that opportunity when it comes. And my freshman year, I did OK, uh, you know, end up preseason All-American my sophomore year, which I, I have no idea how that happened after, you know, playing like six or seven games as a freshman. And, you know, that kind of opened my eyes like, man, people are really noticing uh, what I'm doing. And uh, out of all the JUCOs, JUCOs in America, it's like, man, I was a preseason All-American, which was which is still kind of crazy to me because I was like, I didn't think I was that good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, had a, a great, great uh, sophomore year, um, end up being an All-American, um, had a full ride scholarship to the University of Pitt. And, you know, Coach uh, Mike Godfrey was the head coach. A uh, really good guy. I took my trip. I loved it up there. And then, you know, obviously things took a turn for the worse uh, because I forgot about my educational part. And, uh, you know, I ended up needing a C to get my AA to, uh, you know, to qualify and graduate. And the teacher came in, man, I was, I was, I brought the teacher flowers and candy before the test. <laughs> you know, I was trying to butter her up. I was like, man, there's no way, you know, all I need is a C. I'm good. I'm going to college. I'm the first guy. I'm on an athletic scholarship. I'm living out my dream. And she comes in the office and, you know, she said, the best I can do is give you a D. Dang. And I was like, man, I'm thinking like, we just had a party, uh, you know, going away party. All my bags are packed. And, you know, I just broke down crying, man. And, you know, cause I, I only not let myself down. I let my college down. I let my teammates down, I let my college, my, my coaches, but most of all, man, I let my mom down. And, you know, that was, that was probably tougher than anything uh seeing your mom cry not because she's happy but because you know she's just disappointed and I was in control of that and you know I, I made a pact to myself I said man the next time my mom cries over me will be tears of joy you know so I had to suck up my bootstraps swallow my pride you know newspapers coming out he's a failure he's not gonna make it um I had to go back a whole semester just to complete that one class and end up getting a B in the class so I knew I can apply myself and get it done. And uh, after that, uh, my recruiting opened back up and, you know, uh, Coach Bill Curry uh, from the University of Alabama, you know, sends out uh, A.J. Kristoff at the time was our recruiting coordinator. And he comes in, he said, hey, you know, when you see some film on Mark McMillan and I'm looking at my coach, I'm like, wait a minute, they just played in a national championship game in New Orleans against Miami. Like, why would they come way to California to get a guy 5'7", 140? And, you know, it just took my trip down there and uh, like what I saw. I had an opportunity to see Derek Thomas, uh, Keith McCants, uh, Saran Stacy. Uh, you know, we had a lot of guys uh, on that team that, that, that ended up getting drafted. And, you know, I had a good time down there, man. And it, it, it just worked out for the better. Um, obviously, when I got there, uh, you know, Coach Curry got fired. Oh, geez. And, you know, from the time I left LAX to I landed in, and uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, I walk in the dorm room, you know, Brian Hall, and everybody's, like, crying and upset. And I'm like, what are you guys upset about? I know you lost the game, but, you know, it's Alabama. You know, we'll be all right. And they was like, man, you didn't hear the news? And I was like, what news? It was like, Coach Curry just got fired. I was like, oh, come on, bro. I was like, man, I'll start crying again. I went to my dorm room. I was like, Mom, I need to come home. And Mom's like, nah, baby, you ain't coming back here. So, you, you know, you better tough it up. So, you know, uh, you know, that was just part of the story there. And, you know, uh, Coach Stallings ended up being my head coach, which uh, probably one of the better coaches I had through, you know, high school, college, 
and the professional ranks, man. He, he's a man's man. He's a coach's coach. Uh, he puts up with no bull crap. And, you know, he ran a tight ship and, you know, it, it kind of molded me, into, you know, still today, uh, the way I coach kids and mentor kids. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, yeah, man, Alabama, you know, they groom, they groom some of the best talent in the world, even still to this day, even back then, you know. Um, so, with that being said, you were a 10th round pick back in the day when there were a lot of drowns. <laughs> so you were a 10th round pick back by the Philadelphia Eagles back in 1992. Uh, so what were you doing when you were drafted and kind of what was that process like for you? Um, you know, uh, pick number 272. I'll never forget that number, man. You know, I, my memory is not as good as it used to be, but I always remember that number 272. That was, that was uh, the pick I, I was drafted at. And, um, you know, just going through the pro day, um, I didn't got, get invited to any all-star games, no combines. And, you know, I was just, I just locked myself away in, in our gym for like a month and just practice on my speed and, and, and the combine drill. So I knew when our pro day came, you know, I was going to, I was going to open some eyes. And I remember this vividly getting on the scale of like 145 or something like that. And Ozzie Newsom, I'm thinking like, man, that's Ozzie Newsom. He went to Alabama. He's, you know, he's a wizard. He's going to give me an opportunity. He looks at me. He's like, man, there's no way you're going to make it in the National Football League. You're too small. And I took that real personal. And I, you know, I said some things I shouldn't have said, you know, to a grown man. But, you know, I, I figured like, man, I started two years in the SEC. What else do I got to do? You know, so, you know, I, I just took that out and, and busted out the combine. And uh, round one went by, you know, no phone call. Uh, Saran Stacy, I think he went in the second round. Uh, he was our running back there. Kevin Turner, uh, who recently passed away of ALS, uh, he got drafted as well. And I think it was probably like day number four. And I'm thinking like, what the heck? And I'm thinking, looking at all these guys getting drafted in front of me that I know I'm better than these guys. And, you know, I go in the gym and, you know, Robert Ory and uh, James Robinson, they were there, they were on the basketball team. And I go in, I'm just like, man, I need to blow off some steam. So, you know, they come in and, you know, we're shooting around. And it's like, oh, man, I heard you just got drafted, you know, trying to be funny. I didn't think it was funny. So, you know, I got pissed off and went back to my, uh, my, my apartment that I had. And, you know, I'm looking at the ticker and I'm thinking like, man, oh, you got to be freaking kidding. We were in round nine and nothing. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, God dang, like, I think it was only 11 rounds or something like that, 11 or 12. And I was like, man, there's just this, this guy got drafted in front of me. And I'm like, phone rings and they say, Hey, you know, this is the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to draft you. Um, uh, and I'm thinking, I'm looking at the phone, like, man, no way. It's just like, and I hung up the phone and I was like, okay. And I'm still looking at ESPN, looking at the guys. And I see my name come across the bottom of the ticker, you know, Mark McMillan, the Philadelphia Eagles. So the phone rings again. And it's like, Hey, you know, this is Peter Junta from the Philadelphia Eagles. We, you know, we're going to draft you in a, you know, and I'm thinking like, what? And I was like, I I'm sorry. I hung up, you know, there was something, you know, I had to do real fast. I just made up some kind of bull crap excuse. <laughs> But, you know, it, it just worked out like that, man. And uh, it couldn't have picked a better uh, team to, 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 to get drafted on. You know, you had Randall Cunningham, you had Reggie White. You know, you had some really good names, Jer Jerome Brown, uh, you know, Herschel Walker. There were some really good guys on that team. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, kind of mentioning Randall Cunningham a little bit, you ended up winning an Emmy Award, man, on his show. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> kind of break down how that came about and, yeah, kind of your experience winning an Emmy Award. Um, I guess I've always had like a little charisma, I guess, behind the camera, uh, you know, usually in, in 
well, just in talking, I'm, I'm kind of laid back. I just let things just happen. Um, I really don't talk about myself, uh, not unless I'm on social media. I could be a king behind those social media tweets <laughs> and all that. But, you know, normally, man, I'm, I'm just uh, the, the, the job was presented to us like, hey, you know, you guys want to do a little big man segment? It was me and uh, Jeff Seidner. And we're like, what is that? And the guy, Mark Jordan, said, hey, man, I'll do the writing. You guys just read the scripts and just go through the annex and we'll be all right. So I was like, okay, we'll, we'll just ride with it. And every week we, we picked the, uh, a little big man play of the week or player of the week, which Barry Sanders back then was winning like all the time, you know, because he was one of the guys that fit that 5'8", five, 5'9", five, stature. And, you know, it just took off, man. And we ended up having a, a all little big man team. Uh, we gave these guys uh, like plaques uh, with their faces on it. And, you know, all our TV affiliates, CBS affiliates uh, had their guys, you know, present them with the plaque. So it was like really legit. And then, you know, when the awards and stuff start coming out, my guy's like, hey, guy, we, we freaking run a, want an Emmy. And I'm thinking like, first of all, I'm like, what the hell, an Emmy? I was like, all we did was just, you know, do a show and do some clips. But, you know, people really bought into it, man. And it, it just blew up. And then Sports Illustrated did an article on me as well um, about the show and, and, and winning an Emmy. So, man, I, I'm real proud about that, man. I know a lot of people see that. It's like, you want an Emmy? Like, doing what? So I was like, man, I was... I had a sports show, you know, and Randall wasn't happy about that because it was part of our segment. Uh, we ended up beating him, beating him out for the Emmy Award. Yeah, I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do, my man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, following your career with the Eagles, you spent time with the best team in the NFL, obviously, the New Orleans Saints, <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs, 49ers, the Washington Redskins. Um, they're now the Washington football team. Uh, kind of what was it like playing for multiple teams? Um, and what was your favorite one of those stops besides the Eagles to play for? Um, I think each team taught me a lesson, um, you know, to really appreciate that, you know, this, this game is, is not for long and, you know, you, you can't take it for granted. Um, everybody's not going to play, you know, nine, 10, 15 years. And for me to have that, uh, be able to break into the league and be successful. So teams really took me seriously. Uh, when I hit the free agent market, it wasn't like, man, I'm just sitting around waiting. It was like, you know, people really wanted my service and even going to new Orleans, you know, playing under coach Jim Moore. Um, obviously, I'm still really good friends with uh, Jim Moore Jr. Uh, we talk all the time. Um, you know, he, he's like a, a really good mentor to me. And, you know, that was a lesson. And, you know, through that season we had, man, you know, his dad actually stepped down uh, in the middle of the season. Nice. And we're thinking like, like, man, you know, he's telling us to fight every day and, and you know, we're freaking getting after it and never quit. And, you know, I don't know really the reason why he stepped down. Um, probably because he was burned out because he, he had some really good teams, but he never can win that playoff game. And that, that was just eating away at him. And uh, just going there and, you know, then Mike Ditka comes in and he's like, I don't want any small guys. You know, I never even said one word to Mike, not even one word. We never spoke. Uh, I heard everything just through the news. And I, everybody's like, man, you hear, did you hear the news? Like what? It's like Mike said he doesn't want any small defensive backs. So he's going – to draft some bigger, stronger guys. And I knew the right one was on the wall. So I told my agent, I was like, man, just get me out of here. You know, whatever it takes. And I just signed a really good deal. Like back then, that was a really good deal. And I'm thinking like, there's a lot of million dollars on the table that that um, that he's costing me. You know, was, you know, it wasn't my fault. You know, they, they brought me there. and But, you know, it worked out. Went to Kansas City. Um, played under Marty Schottenheimer. Played alongside Derek Thomas. Was always a dream. Like, man, I get to play Derek Thomas. I grew up watching Marcus Allen. 
You know, I walk in the locker room. I had a Marcus Allen football card. He was like, dude, you got to be kidding me. I was like, no, I am dead serious. Can you please sign my, can you please sign my football card? So, um, yeah, and we ended up uh, playing against the Saints. And, you know, that game, I think I had like two interceptions, uh, broke a, a record in Kansas City uh, held by uh, Hall of Famer Emmett Thomas. Oh, I know, uh, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a really good game, and I was just really pissed off. Uh, you know, the way that he handled it. And I let him know that. And, you know, that game, a lot of guys rallied around me because they, they felt it was screwed, you know, the way he handled the business, it was screwed up. So, you know, just a lesson learned, man. And then, you know, going on from there and going to San Francisco, um, you know, it didn't work out there. Me and Mariucci, we didn't see eye to eye. They released me halfway through the season. And, you know, I was like, what the heck? You know, you know, just going to San Francisco, I'm like, man, my family gets to see me play all the time. Uh, you know, there's Jerry Rice, there's Steve Young, uh, you know, some really good players uh, on that team that I grew up playing against and, and watching on TV. And when they released me, you know, it was no big deal. I've been released before. And, you know, the phone started ringing. Uh, Minnesota was the first team to reach out. Denny Green uh, got rest of his soul. And I think we were playing, I think, the 49ers the next weekend. He was like, there's no better way to stick it to him to come here and, and play against you say, well, you'll start right away. And I was like, Minnesota? I was like, eh, I don't really know anybody in Minnesota. It's cold as heck there. And then the Washington Redskins, which is now the Washington football team, uh, called. And I was like, man, you know, Daryl Green got on the phone. Uh, being in the, you know, the NFC East all those years, playing against the Redskins and, you know, just being a, a fan of Daryl Green growing up as well. I was like, man, what are your chances? I get a chance to play with Daryl Green. And, you know, they had Champ Bailey as well. It's like, man, it's an opportunity for us to groom this young man because he was so talented. You know, obviously he ended up being in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, we had a, we had a really good run, man. We were two games away from the Super Bowl, which is still eating at us uh, to this day. But, uh, you know, I had a good eight-year career, man, so I can't complain. Yeah, so, you know, you ended your career in Washington, as you just mentioned. Uh, so when, when did you kind of decide you were ready to hang up the cleats and kind of what factored into that decision? Um, you know, I, I did try out again uh, for the Detroit Lions. Um, I, I felt like I still had a lot left in the tank. You know, we had just, what, two games away from the Super Bowl. I'm playing in the in the defense with Champ and Daryl Green, and I'm thinking like, okay, well, I can at least play nickel, you know, somewhere. And <clears throat> I think the incident uh, in San Francisco with me and Bill Walsh got rested, so we, we got into it. And, you know, it was it was a verbal altercation that, I just felt as a man, you know, you should handle it different. And, you know, a lot of people put them on the pedestal, but the way things transpired in San Francisco, I don't think you should treat anybody like that. I don't care who you are. And when I went to Detroit, had a great workout. And they said, the uh, first thing I'll sit down, I'll talk to the coach. He said, so what happened in San Francisco? And I'm thinking like, wait a minute, I just left Washington. You know, we just had a great season. We won the division, you know, two games away from the Super Bowl. You guys want to know what happened in San Francisco? So I knew the word had gotten out that, you know, me and Bill had gotten to an altercation. And pretty much after that, man, no, no teams really wanted to uh, wanted to touch me. So I don't know if I was blackballed or whatever. And then they end up signing the guy um, who was who got uh, it, it was our door McCorders, And it was me in San Francisco who ended up being starters. And Darnell Walker was the starter and he got beat out. So Detroit ended up signing Darnell Walker, who was our third string cornerback. Uh, to Detroit. So I knew I was like, oh, there's, you know, it's just a bunch of bull, but it, it, it just goes to show you, man, that game is, it, it's, it's crucial, man. You just got to watch you, watch what you say. But me, 
being in Philadelphia, playing with some really tough guys. We just didn't take any bull crap in Philly, man. And that was the way I was groomed. Just go out and fight for everything you, you want and don't let anybody walk over you. Yeah, man. Well, you did have a very good career. So, you know, kind of since retirement, you kind of went from the gridiron to the grill a little bit. I know you got into <laughs> coaching a little bit. Uh, so when did you kind of fall in love with grilling? And then uh, when did you realize you kind of wanted to pursue it as a career? Um, yeah, old school backyard barbecues, man, with my uncles back in the day, uh, you know, in L.A., they were always something on the grill. You know, I just always used to just watch and watch my grandma cook in the kitchen. And, you know, obviously being alone in Alabama and then being drafted and being alone, I was like, man, I can't just be eating fast food all the time. I got to learn how to cook. So, you know, I've just been cooking for a while. And now over the last, I would say, five or six years, a couple of buddy of mine's uh, in Arizona, we just started blending seasonings. And we actually came out with like six good seasonings that I have as well that's going to launch hopefully in the next couple of months. And, man, I, I, I see I, I grill like three or four days a week. And I'm always on the grill, man. I love it. And, you know, teamed up with this uh, meat company in Chicago, a uh, guy with Scott and Mike. Uh, it's called Happy to Meet You. And, you know, they're my meat supplier. And, you know, things just start kind of taking off. And now we got the Grilla McMillan flavor pack, uh, you know, where you can order that online for $129. 129 my 29 was my number. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's just kind of taken off, man. And uh, now I got to shoot a pilot uh, here today. Uh, for a couple of guys that I'm going to be doing Zoom uh, grilling for these guys, you know, between 30 and 40 clients, you know, just Zoom grilling and bourbon and wine. So it's, it's just taking a whole another step, man, you know, uh, sponsored by uh, weed sellers. I know weed, people think of weed. They're like, oh, guys, it's marijuana. So it's definitely not weed, you know, marijuana, but the company is weed sellers. Uh, stands for We Embrace Equality and Diversity. And when I saw that, man, I was like, with everything's going on in the world, man, I was like, that's a company that I want to stand behind. Somebody that's willing to put their their, mo their money where their mouth is and not be afraid to shy away from like, yo, we, we, we embrace everything. You yeah. know, we're not going to shy away from anything. So uh, I'm, I'm real excited to partner up with We Sellers, man. It's a great company, great staff. And I'm just excited, man. Grilla McMillan, we're rolling, baby. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. I got to try some of that food one of these days. I'm definitely going to be coughing <laughs> your seasoning for sure. So you got three more questions for you. One of them, because you play for the Kansas City Chiefs, I got to ask you, man, who you got in the Super Bowl on Sunday? Um, on my weekly uh, ESPN segment yesterday, I did pick the Chiefs. I said 35-42. Uh, um, you know, and everybody's like, wow, that's like, you know, here in Vegas, you know, they're, they're all about their gambling and their point spreads. I don't give a crap about a point spread, but I really feel once things settle down, um, you know, Tom Brady, they scored touchdowns. That was one thing that uh, Green Bay didn't do. They were kicking field goals. Uh, the Saints, they didn't score touchdowns in key situations. They were kicking field goals. You can't kick field goals uh, in, in your way to the Super Bowl. And these are two offenses that, that are high powered. Uh, obviously the Chiefs have their two tackles that's out. Uh, you know, that, that's going to be big because Tampa Bay can really get after the quarterback. Uh, and they got, you know, two guys in the COVID protocol. Uh, so anything can happen, man. Today somebody can come out and be on the COVID list. So, you know, with that going on, uh, you know, I still pick the Kansas City Chiefs. I just think they're the offense is just so explosive. Uh, but then you think, like, when you bred against Tom Brady, he always comes on top. And it's like, He's been to 10 Super Bowls. Like, that. that's, like, ridiculous. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes is one of the, one of the bright stars of our league. And uh, with Kelsey uh, and the Cheetah, man, it's, it's just really hard to stop that offense, man. So 
it's going to be a great game, but I, I'm also pulling for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, Bruce Aarons, what he's done uh, with that with that organization, uh, Brian Leftwich, who's uh, African-American, their special teams coach is African-American, the defensive coordinator, Todd, is an African-American. And what Bruce is able to do, they have a female coach on their staff. You talk about diversity uh, and giving people an opportunity, man. They're, they're, they're doing it the right way. So I know a lot of people are pulling for Bruce like they were pulling for Andy to win that first one in Kansas City. And, you know, if he ends up winning it, man, that, that it'd be no greater, greater coach uh, to be able to get that uh, Super Bowl victory than uh, Coach Aaronis. Yeah, and I was, I was writing about it yesterday. You know, they both have two Super Bowl rings, both Andy Reid and Bruce Arians, but Bruce doesn't have one as a head coach yet. So it's definitely right. going to be interesting to see how, you know, going in that first Super Bowl as a head coach, how he's going to handle all that. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely going to be a good game. Um, so, you know, kind of transitioning, who's the best player you've ever played with and played against? That's a tough one, but I got to ask. Man, I know there's going to be some dudes over here that I probably hear the podcast be like, yo, what? <laughs> Shout them out, bro. Mention multiple. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, the best player I played with, man, that's a real tough one, man. I, I would say between Daryl Green, uh, I'm just thinking of defensive backs. Uh, I would say Daryl Green and uh, Eric Allen. Uh, are probably two of the best uh, defensive backs. I, I can't, I can't forget Dale Carter either, man. He was, uh, you know, if you talk to a lot of guys around the league, if Dale Carter would have took football real serious, like he should have, he would have been a shoe in hall of famer. This dude was amazing. Uh, but Dale Carter, uh, I would just say, you know, Dale Green and, and Eric Allen, man, as far as the defensive group, but there's Reggie Wright, uh, man, there's Derek Thomas, there's Rando, there's Herschel. There's so many players that I had an opportunity to play with, man. It's just I just can't name one. I know. Yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> is there is there any like particular receiver that you lined up against in your career that you were like, man, this dude's hard to cover? Uh, it was Gary Clark. Um, you know, from the Washington Redskins. Well, back then it was the Washington yeah, Redskins, yeah. but you know, he was a he was a guy uh, that matched my intensity. Uh, he didn't take any bull crap. Um, he was a shorter shorter guy, probably like five nine. I think Gary was. But he was strong and he was quick, uh, just like me. Um, usually the taller guys like Jerry and, and Mike and Chris Carter, I was able to, you know, use my quickness uh, to kind of, you know, combat their size. But Gary Clark, man, he was he was a tough cover. I knew when, you know, and it's not a small task. I'm not thinking any taking anything away from Jerry and Mike and all Andre Reed. You know, I, I guarded some really good receivers that got gold jackets. But Gary Clark, man, he was a guy that I knew, like, God dang it, this dude is good. Like, I had to be on my game for 60 minutes at all times. And, you know, hats off to him, man. He's he's a great dude. I still keep in contact with him. And, you know, when I tell him that story, he's like, what? He's like, me? But, dude, he ran really good routes. Uh, I know another guy that's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame soon as well was up for it. It's Isaac Bruce. You know, he he didn't say too much. He wasn't a rah-rah guy, but his route running um, – Shoot, the old school guy, Henry Ellert, you know, played for the Rams back in the day. Uh, you know, he was older, but he, you know, he spit me around like a top one time. And I was like, God, dang, he's like damn near 40. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still juicing me up. So it, it was some really good guys that I had, had uh, trouble with. But I would say Gary Clark for me was, was the most receiver that I didn't like to guard. Yeah, for sure. One more question for you, Mark. And I appreciate all your time today so far. Um, so, so my podcast is always kind of about, you know, you know, inspiring the youth, um, stuff like that. I know you, you do that all the time as a coach and, you know, through your social media presence, all that stuff. So 
I got to ask you, you got any advice for the young kids out there chasing their pro football dreams, chasing maybe even adults, like chasing, you know, career milestones, stuff like that. What kind of advice can you pass along to, to the listeners? Um, I would just say stay persistent. Uh, you know, like I say, surround yourself with good people, you know, because there's a lot of people that don't want to see you win. You know, there's a lot of people that want to, you know, jump on the boat after you're being successful as to, you know, when you're grinding, when you're starting off your podcast, you know, people like, uh, you know, whatever. Then all of a sudden you make it and you start making a name for yourself. Then everybody wants to jump on board. They're like, oh, man, that's my guy. I knew, knew he can do it. Uh, so, you know, you just got to stay humble, um, you know, work hard because nothing's going to come easy. Um, you know, because, you know, a lot of people uh, with me launching the, the, the website and all this, they're like, wow, well, he's only he's only getting recognition because he played in the National Football League. And I know people I, I hear that. I was like, wait a minute, I'm freaking, I'm working in this kitchen. I'm blending seasonings. I'm freaking grilling. I'm burning meat. I'm learning how to cook different meats and sides and all that. So I'm putting in the work as well. So um, you just got to block out the naysayers um, and, and just keep grinding, man. And everybody's not going to make it to the National Football League or, or to the NBA. And, you know, and it doesn't last forever. You, you know, you got to be able to do something else after sports as well. So me creating my own brand and recreating it, um, it, it's been a long process. People just see it now and be like, oh, my gosh. He's like, no, I've been doing this for like six or seven years, man. So now it's starting to starting to pay off uh, in a lot of ways. And, you know, for the young kids out there, man, uh, everybody's not going to go D1. I think I tweeted that out today. I went to a junior college and still made the, uh, you know, made my dreams come to reality. You know, just keep your faith. Keep God first. Um, you see all these uniform combos and and coaches tweeting out and all this stuff, but every year they do the same thing. So I tell these kids, you can't get caught up in all the social media stuff because they're going to recruit somebody next year to replace you. And it's like that in the National Football League with the draft. They're drafting players to upgrade every year and to replace you. So, you know, you just got to stay humble through the process. Uh, keep your head down. Uh, keep good people around you and, you know, make good choices. And, you know, that's something, uh, you know, we always say to our kids before they walk out of the door, is make good choices. Mm -hmm. Mark McMillan, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you uh, hopping on the show today, brother. And uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to be tuned in. Uh, make sure you guys are all checking out his website. I'll link it down below. Get your stuff some, uh, some good grilling tips and uh, all that good <laughs> stuff, man. Like just stay tuned. We're, I'm going to be tuned in for sure, but you know, make sure everyone listening stays tuned too. So I appreciate you once again for hopping on the show today. Oh, uh, no worries, man. Keep up the good work, man. Anytime you need a, you need a little, a little love or some shout outs or some guys, man, let me know. I'll, I'll hook you up, man. I appreciate you. Have a good one. Oh, uh, you too.